Welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. Hello, my name is Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by my friend Reese, a.k.a. Referees. And not only am I joined on this podcast with a.k.a. Referees, I am joined physically with Referees. Referees is literally six feet away from me. And breaking news, this is the first time in Fountain City sports media history that Reese and I are next to each other in the exact same room. Reese, what are you what what emotions are going through your head in this climatic climactic moment in Fountain City sports media history? Oh man. Uh, a is for absolute B beneficiary C condolences with D my dude Armando. And, and now we're going to commercials straight to junglelaw.com. <laughs> Keep it away dude. Remember uh, remember what they call it? the annoying orange? Remember that was like a webtoon for a long time? And I don't remember the annoying orange. So it was like a webtoon that, that... Is that like YouTube 2001? Sometime around there but <laughs> it was like an orange that they some dude CGI'd like his eyes and mouth onto and I think it became a Nicktoon eventually. And the thing was, it was like, hey, hey, banana. Hey, hey, banana, banana. And like the banana obviously had eyes and a mouth as well. But this is a real thing. Long story short, the Jungle Law commercials give me like really bad flashbacks to seeing that. And it just breaks my heart. <laughs> yes. For those of you that are not watching Chiefs preseason against the Vikings right now, we have seen at least 10 junglelaw.com commercials, which have been absolutely wild and bonkers. Um, even uh, Mayor Lucas has tweeted about it today, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, here we are today, ladies and gentlemen. Reese is with me. I am with Reese. I was traveling from New York all the way over here to Kansas City. And my final destination will be Colorado tomorrow but in the year and a half that we've been doing fantasy sports media this is the first time that we've actually been together on the pod except for the very first episode episode zero on season zero which by the way Reese how does one find season zero so first off nobody finds season zero episode zero that thing that's is that's true yeah that is <laughs> what's the that reverse is under wraps that is like holy grail like deep within the vatican yeah in the <laughs> what's the reverse library of congress because that's where that one lives but Con- library of stonkmas that's where that oh, is oh <laughs> my goodness the nightmare before stonkmas anyway if you want to find season zero, you can go check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you'll find premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Excellent. How about Instagram? Instagram, you can find us at Fountain City SM. Twitter, you can find us at Fountain City SM. And Facebook, you can also find us at, you guessed it, Fountain City SM. Keep up with dank, dry memes, new episodes, everything you need fountain city sm excellent thank you reese in fact twitter might have gotten our next person that we're going to have on the podcast which i will not spoil for you now because it might not happen so then you'll never know and then i'm and then we're going to bring on someone from like price chopper and be like you guessed it it's (laughs) it's the grocery bagger from price chopper (laughs) it's it's michael the meat counter guy what are your hot takes on our wide receiver situation at wide receiver five uh i don't know but like this is the best cut of burn ends you'll ever have here you go awesome thanks mike Uh, that'll that'll be 350 
do you have your price trapper card anyway uh twitter we i actually did use twitter to hit up someone that you all will know if you follow this podcast and that person did get back to us we are just trying to confirm a date for them to be on our podcast so stay tuned for some exclusive content i'm not even talking like exclusive like found city sports media content i'm talking exclusive kansas city content like you could only get it on two outlets in kansas city if this person comes on so stay tuned everyone thank you for contributing to this podcast because that's been keeping us going so again please consider going on patreon because it's been helping and hey we actually might catch a break here so we'll see other than that i am here with referees referees what did we do today Oh my goodness. So it was this beautiful moment of reunion elation where Armando, hot take Mondo, was coming back from Cooperstown, New York on his way back to his pilgrimage to Denver area, Colorado. Where are you living now? Is it Colorado Springs? So yes, right now I live in Colorado Springs. Yeah, it's about 40 minutes away from Denver. So subsequently, Armando has to travel through Kansas City to get back down south to Colorado Springs. And when he did, he was so kind as to stop into Kansas City, a.k.a. where we all met. If you guys check out our website at FoundCitySportsMedia.com, you can hear the origin story of the podcast. But he comes in and we meet at City Barrel, which is a huge friend of the podcast. We love City Barrel. Crazy IPAs. Uh, shout out to our uh, uh, waitress who was extremely attentive and very kind and helped us pick out some dank IPAs. Literally after every fry, she asked us how the fries were. It was amazing. Great they're, service. They're good fries. Those, five out of five. Dude, I mean, Bud Lights are crispy boys. Those fries, though, were some crispy boys. More importantly, after that, Armando and I went about five minutes up the road and down the block to a place called The Pairing, which is this awesome like beer and wine Ooh, and spirit. pairing, yep. Dude, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's one of those places you go to like make a mix six. Uh, also, quick interjection. The Jungle Law commercial it's showed currently twice. currently on right now. <laughs> it's been on twice in this one commercial break. I'm telling you, it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> so after that, we went to the pair. We got some beers, one of which we will do an exclusive joint beer view for you today on the podcast. But after that, we came this, back. That's also the first time I found City Sports Media History that we're doing a beer review like <sighs> live, physically live until this until is, one day this is wild dude one day we'll, we'll get an invite to like the new belgium campus out in like Asheville, north carolina <laughs> we'll do a beer review there or for those of you that are donating on patreon make sure you donate also a house for my wife and i so we can move <laughs> back here <laughs> and you can donate house at patreon.com slash fcsm slash donate your house so here's our tiers on patreon right now we have a one dollar tier we have a two dollar tier five dollar tier and house and house uh long story short that we came back we smoked some brats which turned out pretty nice well, they're wonderful yeah and we also had some nice shout out helga gourmet mustard gluten-free all-natural mustard that was this wonderful what did it have in it roasted garlic it's a roasted garlic mustard shout out helga fam man i'll be honest i can't tell you who killed mr body but in this case it was general mustard in the <laughs> den man that stuff is where it's at i love it you know your your jokes land so much better in real time instead of on facetime when i hear it go <laughs> it's like anytime i make a joke the, the, the general the, the ketchup <laughs> like i'll make a joke and like there's no reaction for three seconds and i'm like get rid of that for my type five but no. all, all the while i'm like laughing hysterically in my room like a minute later later after i hear it <laughs> and then kyle's like making emails and he's like wait what'd you guys say 
Oh, the joys of being back in studio with Hot Tegmon. Yeah, this is pretty wild. I'm very grateful for it. It's it's nice to to be with you. I am hosted by him and his wife, Noel, which is wonderful. And yeah, I'll be headed back to, to Colorado tomorrow. But yeah, it's a great time and perfect time. And it, this was not planned, but I was here during the Chiefs preseason game against the Vikings. Um, and uh, we've also never seen a game together during the podcast this is also a first for us Mm -hmm. so basically we like did the podcast already just watching the game now we just have to do it for you guys again recorded (laughs) absolutely what was the first game we ever went to together was it 2018 chargers when we lost 2018 chargers when we lost and then we almost thought we were bad luck but then we smoked the raiders the next time (laughs) the Derek Carr game (laughs) we were like oh because like at that point Patrick Mahomes hadn't lost a game in like a very very long time and we we truly thought well it was actually the home game like he hadn't lost a home game in a very long time so we thought we were bad luck and then yeah the Derek Carr game he had like four interceptions and we just destroyed him I mean the Derek Carr game spurred the fact that we created Found City Sports Media season zero episode zero episode zero and there there were not zero beers in there there were quite a few beers maybe maybe if you put like a one and then and then another zero on the right hand side that's how many beers were involved in that game i felt so bad for kyle because kyle was like sick as a dog but we twisted his really? arm remember he, he had like the flu the two days before oh yeah and like we convinced him to come down to kansas city he was just like miserable Wait, this like, isn't 2019 was this yeah, this was this was pre-covid, this okay, pre-COVID. Okay. He, he did not bring COVID. Out whoa of i just said like put the puzzle together <laughs> no uh so he came down because his dad bought him like three tickets for Christmas so like we could all go to a game together and yep, then he felt like crap and he was going to like just give the tickets to us to find somebody else We're like no man I don't want to do this without you because <laughs> Armando was going to be driving in like from Colorado yeah, yeah, I drove in, yeah I drove him from Fort Collins it was like a 10 hour drive yeah so all things considered we went to that game we ripped on Derek Carr enough that like the Raiders fans started ripping on Derek Carr with us yeah that was fun great kumbaya <laughs> moment fun times anyway reese that was all great times i'm so happy to be with you today we had a great time now let's keep the good times rolling so currently the game is not over but we're in the fourth quarter right now chiefs 28 vikings 10 and reese basically it was over like after the first couple drives let me just read a stat for you and then we'll go off i know last week we had some false concerns about patrick mahomes we saw him in the pocket it looked really weird and then when he was rolling then he looked much better against the 49 so then i was thinking you know what like maybe he's just not used to having this protection it's actually going to be worse for him that was just like a way devil's advocate that wasn't real because today patrick mahomes looks like a beautiful roman sculpture like the pre-madonna everything that you could possibly want he went eight for nine 117 yards and then one very memorable memorable play to Tyreek Hill a 35 yard pass against our former boy Rashad Breeland Reese what is your panic meter on Patrick Mahomes in the pocket I'll tell you what up until this game when he looked like he was going to bash on Bashad you know it was a I was a little worried I'm not gonna lie uh last game I know we talked about how uncomfortable he seemed and it's like off rhythm you know not stepping up into the pocket making kind of some weird decisions rolling out and giving us really bad ptsd from the super bowl but this game was the complete opposite he was stepping up into the pocket he was waiting for his plays to develop he was finding open guys 
I mean, last game we talked about the fact that Tyreek Hill didn't start, you know, and Travis Kelsey was on the field but was a non-factor. I think, and I think we agree on this, that the game plan was wait for McCole Hardman to finish his routes no matter what and look for him and throw him the ball, which is why Pat was like, finish her out, finish her out, finish her out, you know, and yeah. making really bad throws. Yeah, I definitely didn't catch it while we were watching the game, and, like, I love to be hot takey, so I was like, hey, Reese, this stuff is over. Like, I can't believe Patrick Mahomes is waiting for, like, four or five seconds in the pocket, but you're right. He was trying to get McCole Hardman in the offense. It was supposed to be his time to really get confident in the offense, and unfortunately, he didn't make it, and we didn't see much from him today either, but it doesn't matter Patrick Mahomes looks so cool and calm today and I'm sure a couple days ago in practice they were like we need to go against Breland we have to get a play against him because forget that guy I think he's officially the enemy and they just stuck it to him on that play Tyreek Hill blew by Bashad today oh. that was that was amazing. It was embarrassing, and we love to see it. Well, it's it's like I said. What was it, the 2016 MLB All Star Game where Hosmer and Salvi went back to back on Johnny Cueto? Yeah. And it's like I know for a fact they know what he's going to throw here, and it's just going to hang. And both times is boosh, boosh, right <laughs> out of the yard. Leaves in San Diego, Petco Field, good times. Our R.I.P. Cueto and R.I.P. Breland. Um, okay, great. So Pat looked good. I don't think we have any concerns there. I don't think we have any concerns with Tyree Kill. Travis Kelsey looked amazing as well. I mean, I know they've been talking about this 20-0 mantra, but for the past three games, it really has seemed like 20-0 is a very good possibility. Knock on wood. The, there's some lovely wood here at the house. Uh, but yeah, Reese, what do you think about a 20-0 season from what you've seen from the starters? Do you think that that's a viability? I mean, I, I, I never say never. <laughs> I think if, the, if this team played a good game for 20 straight games, I don't think there's anybody in the league that would necessarily beat them. But 20-0 is so difficult. And going into the playoffs, you saw how just like the pressure collapsed on Tom Brady and the Patriots back in 2007. It's like, do you even want to go 20 and 0? Do you want to like just kind of break that seal kind of around week 10 or 11 and drop your first game? We saw what happened to Baltimore in the playoffs two years ago when they went on that yeah, like 14 game right. run and they thought they were unbeatable until suddenly they played a team with a pulse and they lost. So 20 and 0, was it possible? Yes. Theoretically, on paper, if I were controlling this team on Madden, I could see it happening. And look, Andy Reid is the, the perfect person to gauge a 20 and 0 season. Like, if he knows, like, look. Pat might be banged up or a certain person might be banged up. You're just like, you know, is 20 going to matter? Absolutely not. We're going to remember the Super Bowl. All of the Patriots who tried to just like full go that undefeated regular season then just blew it against Eli Manning. So you're right. I think we're going to be fine. I think Andy Reid's going to get a good pulse of this offense and this good, a good pulse of this defense and figure out, okay, look, maybe we can go 20 now, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Super Bowl hopes are definitely our aspiration. Okay. So we talk about all that. Let's see. I didn't put this on the list, but how many running backs can we keep, Reese? We just saw like an explosive play by Gore. I forgot how long it was. Let me just let me just like read what what's been happening right now. So Jeremy McKinnon had four carries for twenty three yards. Derek Gore had five carries for twenty three yards. Obviously that big play that he just had. Um, I mean Darwin Thompson looks good. Michael Burton looks good. How many how many of these guys can we keep, Reese? Like who's gonna get cut? Well. The question is, how great are these guys? I say, you know, they're depth pieces. So I would say we're more deep at running back than anything else. But 
what do we do? History shows we keep maybe four running backs, three on the team, one on the practice squad. Because even look at last year, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire was injured at the end of the year in the bat game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was pretty banged up. Daryl yeah. Williams is really the only one that could keep running by the end of it. And after that, it's like, who did we have? Darwin? So if you think that it's going to be a three, a three running back committee, not a four, uh, sorry, not committee, but a three running back depth chart, who are you who are you putting on there? So obviously CEH at one. Are you putting Darrell Williams solid two, or do you think Jared McKinnon? I think Darrell Williams is a solid two. It's like okay. they usually have a thunder and a lightning back, and I think that CEH is our lightning back and Darrell Williams is our thunder back. Okay, so then third, do you give it to Darwin Thompson or do you give it to Jared McKinnon? Uh bu 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 I think McKinnon is probably the more consistent player that we know where his floor is. Mm-hmm. I still think Darwin might have the higher ceiling, but if you have to send it through on waivers, you know, it's like who's more likely to get picked up, you know, the veteran McKinnon or Darwin Thompson. I think I'd roll the dice on putting Thompson on waivers and mm-hmm. then seeing if you can't pick him back up for your practice squad. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. I mean, I'm a big Jared McKinnon fan, so I'm kind of the wrong person to assess this because I, I think that Jared McKinnon will be the third the third on the depth chart and could possibly be the second if any injuries or any, you know, weird stuff with with Darrell Williams. Uh, so I think Darwin Thompson gets cut from this team. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't want it to be a hot take because, look, he looks great in this game. And freaking Derek Gore looks great in this game. I predict Derek Gore is going to get picked up by someone because everyone needs depth and running back. Um, I know the Rams just picked up Sony Michelle. Like, there's teams like the Rams that have a good, like, one-two punch that need that third punch. So I predict we're going to cut Derek Gore, possibly cut Darwin Thompson. I hope we put him on the practice squad. But if not, those guys are going to get sweeped up quick, quick. Yeah, maybe there's a chance we cut both and see if we can't pick them back up for the, you know, at least one back up for the practice squad in that case. But I would probably lean towards Darwin just because there's not a whole lot of film on him. He's really undersized. We know what he's worth. Other teams might not know what he's worth. Let's move on to the defense. With no Chris Jones, no Frank Clark today. But a common theme that we saw from last game and this game is that we have a lot of athletic players on this team and we have a lot of players on this team that tackle hard which we haven't seen before right like would you consider dan sorison always tackling hard like he has highlight plays right and that and that carries him throughout the season would you would you categorize ben neiman as a hard tackler would you categorize and sorry he's shaking his head by the way it's (laughs) uh would you categorize trivarius ward as a hard tackler rashad fenton as a hard tackler okay so the chiefs of old right the Chiefs of 2018, 19, even 17. We wouldn't categorize our defense as this athletic defense that just kind of hounds people. But in the past two games, Reese, we've seen players stand out because of their athleticism and because of the way that they tackle. And I'm just going to put them on blast in a good way. Right? First off the bat, my cues. My cues playing incredibly well, tackling great, and continuation from last year. Legereus Sneed. Legereus Sneed also tackling well. Nick Bolton tackling well. Willie Gay 
tackling well. And then, of course, today we saw Anthony Hitchens, who normally we don't see tackle well, but he had a couple big hits today. Reese, how excited are you about the athleticism of this defense, and how does that change your perception of them from last year, right? 2019 being like, yeah, you know, we're a smart defense, but our running, like, every team that plays against us will expose us, like, in the running game. So what's the difference that you've seen this year? The difference I've seen this year so far is the fact that in the fourth quarter in a meaningless preseason game, we just had a first and goal from the one and held him to a turnover on downs from the one-yard line. So that, to me, says hustle. Now, if we're going to be serious and talk about the first team, we're seeing Mike Dana, we're seeing Kalen Saunders, seeing even guys like Anthony Hitchens really turning on the Jets and not quitting on plays. I think it was uh, maybe the Falcons game last year when the offense didn't show up late. But we said, what is this team and this combination of players where they're playing with an attitude, they're playing with a bit of swagger, and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they're playing to blow you up? We saw it to a similar degree in the Bills game when Juan Thornhill came back, but unfortunately, we did not see it in the Super Bowl, so to say, barring that stop on the goal line in the first quarter. I think what we're really seeing right now is a defense that's looking for an identity, they're looking to hit, and they're looking for a little bit of swagger, which is something, like you said, we haven't had for the last few years. And I think it just comes down to that. It comes down to guys trying to one-up each other, which in this case is blowing people up, which in this case is great. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to name some teams for you, and, and I just want you just like uh, off the cuff if you think that our our defense could be better than theirs. Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would, oh, yeah, above them. Okay. Oh, who, who's that guy that he's named after a cookie, Mike Milano? <laughs> <laughs> Ladyfinger George. Shout out to Buffalo Mike for us calling out Alyssa Milano, aka, aka Matt Milano. What if Matt Milano like hears this podcast and like finds out our address and like misses the first like week one game to like come kick our ass? Good, because you know what I do with cookies? I dunk them. <laughs> Okay, so better than them. Uh, let me let me see let me see if there's some better teams. Ask me about the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't want to ask you about the Cleveland Browns because let me see who does. Okay, NFL.com put Cleveland Browns. Give me one second. You're gonna hate this. Oh, I'm gonna love it. Fifth best defense. No. In the NFL. Yep. Let me let me let me read you the top five. Number one, the Rams. No, it's just, okay, does, does Aaron Donald Aaron Donald count as like an entire defense now? I guess. I mean, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, if he doesn't screw up, Jordan Fuller's good. John Clay Matthews is gone. Everything's invalid. <laughs> Number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that's pretty good defense. Uh, yeah, it's kind of PTSD. Yeah, it's really okay. <laughs> Three, the Colts, who I, I really enjoy. Colts are a good defense. Good. Four, the Ravens, fine. What? No! Yeah. Can we, somebody we tell me what the theory is behind the Ravens' <laughs> they defense? They have a good defensive line, no. Reese. No! Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, uh, Matt Judon. I haven't seen Yannick pockets. Ngakwe. When we played the Ravens last year, I haven't seen pockets that clean since I got a new pair of Dockers from the Von Mauer, man. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about get out of here with this ravens defense by the way reese even though we're we're not going to review this beer we should tell everybody we are drinking a wonderful beer i got from uh michigan uh from big lake brewing we are drinking cotton candy haze right now and it's it's pretty good oh yeah don't, don't knock on these flavored ipas guys yeah, like, yeah. this is this is fun and it's part of the evolution of beer it is a juicy hazy ipa i just want to say that because we're having a great time here um okay Washington football team is ranked sixth. 
Ah, yeah, that's a pre- that's a pretty good defense don't too. Don't sleep on them. For all of our fantasy players out there, by the way, we're going to talk a lot about fantasy in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. But all our fantasy people out there, grab Washington. Don't grab all like the hot topic people. Uh, Washington's going to be a great value. Clay and Pool's remember, nasty. the Patriots have all their players back. They Ooh. have like Donta Hightower back. They have uh, Matt He's- Judon is now on the team. Sorry, I know I said Matt Judon was on the Ravens, but he's now on the Patriots. Chung is back. Stephon Gilmore is back. Nope. Okay, you don't care. Great. Nope, I do. The Broncos. Not. Do you do you say LeBroncos? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Week week one, game one starter, LeBron James Bridgewater. <laughs> Dude, he'd be better than half that Broncos defense. No, I think the Broncos defense is tra- trending down. Is the only problem. Yeah. It's like, I know Fangio is a great. Fuller, Ronald Darby. Patrick Sertan is now their new guy there. Okay, cool. You know, I'm not so Sertan that he's the real deal yet, but I'll give Von him some Miller, Chubb. Dude, Von Miller and Chubb have never seen the field at the same time. I think you and I have seen <laughs> Mile true. High Stadium field like more That's often true. together than they have. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Reese, it, 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 it's fun being right next to you, man. This is great. This okay, so safe to say, Reese, you put our Chiefs defense... Like seventh, then you yeah. put them seventh or sixth, not top five, but you definitely they're definitely crack your top ten, very I, close to five. I'd put them seven to ten in terms of talent, top five if they can play consistently and as a unit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, injury concern is always big for us, especially for guys that hit hard like DeAndre Baker, who we've seen have injuries, Lejarius Sneed here and then. Juan Thornhill is a huge, huge like asterisk like if he can be healthy for the entire season he of course is someone that can hit hard and is the perfect one-two punch for um tyron matthew which mm-hmm. lewis riddick has always been saying and lewis riddick thank mm-hmm. you for being our national media advocate on espn thank you <laughs> uh, but yeah if we have those like one two punches deandre baker is healthy legerius need is healthy you know gay bolton they just really form into their own of course chris jones frank clark and then one of those guys either jaron reed or nandi one of those guys has like a, a blowout season or coming out season i mean yes absolutely can crack that top five i think very viable and people are sleeping on that right only us in kansas city are talking about how amazing this defense is especially chris jones being this versatile like tackle defensive end uh so i i you know what i hope it happens um i know right now chris jones defensive player of the year is uh 50 to 1 odds so for those of you that like to bet possibly that's a pretty good bet everyone out there Actually, one to fifty, right? Because if you bet one dollar, you get fifty bucks. So oh, I don't know. So if you make, yeah. Speaking of which, you know, Al Capri Casino off the thirty-five is now Bally Casino. Oh God, dude, Bally's taking over Bally, everything. No, dude, if it wasn't for this crispy IPA brought to you by Bally PAs, you know, I, I don't know what I would do with my life. Hold on, breaking news. I think Jungle Law is on right now, but it says Bally Jungle Law. Oh God, how did that happen mid? <laughs> mid game it's just, it's just that monkey but the monkey has a b on its head like the belly sign is a hat on oh the monkey oh my gosh <laughs> uh, northern iowa panthers now join the missouri Bally conference <laughs> no shout out to Bally sports we don't like you uh, <laughs> but if you want to sponsor us i will wear i will get a Bally tattoo on my forehead i was gonna say i'll get a big old brock lesnar <laughs> dagger of a b just like in the middle of my chest speaking <laughs> about tattoo don't forget jungle law tattoo out on 39th street <laughs> 
Anyway, okay, great. So we've touched the defense. I think both of us agree that they, they're not in the elite category, but they're definitely up there. Uh, a sleeper in fantasy as well, for those of you that want to consider the Chiefs defense. Okay, uh, rounding out the podcast... We also have a ton of depth at wide receiver, Reese. I mean, there's just way too many receivers that we have that are very, very talented. I wouldn't say we have a lot of tier one talent, but we have a lot of like bottom line tier two talent, right? Like I would put McCole Hardman maybe like high tier two and then tier two, like lower, lower, lower tier two, high tier three is like Pringle, Robinson, Fountain, you know, I'd put all these guys together because none of them have really stood out to take that wide receiver three position. And like Hardman really hasn't really solidified himself as wide receiver two for me. But anyway, regardless, we have so much talent there. Maybe not tier one talent, but there's so much there. We can only keep what six of them, you think? Oh, goodness. You can only keep six receivers. So we're keeping Hill, right? Yeah. We're keeping Hardman. Yeah. To your chagrin, we're keeping Demarcus Russell. Mm. We're keeping Pringle. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have two spots left, Reese. Mm hmm. Who's filling in those two spots for you? Uh, I mean, ideally, Fountain by name, Fountain by sports media. I'm talking about we got to keep Fountain on this team, man. I mean, he's he's just shown me too much in, t- in terms of being able to get open and high point the ball. I know he had some targets tonight that he couldn't come down with. But those things were like basically, you know, sending the lamb out to slaughter sort of targets. I like the look of Kemp as well. You know, he's a nice big body in that fountain mold mm-hmm. that, you know, he made some big plays today. He got open. He split some coverage. He had a great touchdown. Uh, as far as receivers go, though, realistically, I think Fountain is probably going to get cut, which, you know, really kills me to say. Uh, I really, with McCall Hardman, I know you said you see him as like a, a high tier two kind of receiver. Yeah, yeah, not tier one, but tier two for our team, not like a tier two in general. If I were the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff, I would sit him down in front of every YouTube video of Randall Cobb highlights I could find and just be like, just do this, but with your <laughs> physical skill set. Just do this. What's this crossing route? Just do that. Slant route, kill it. Get open in the middle of the field, man. Don't run deep. Just do this. <laughs> I mean, uh, to, to your point, Ran- Randall Cobb was playing checkers or was doing like pool aerobics at the at the like Boulder Retirement Center in Colorado when Aaron Rodgers gave him a call last week and was like, you're coming back because they need me on this team and I need you on this team, brother. Oh, man. Like, yeah, because Randall Cobb does his job. He's a great locker room guy and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, right? If you run your routes, run your freaking routes, be in the right place. The greatest quarterback of all time will find you. Yeah. It's like, I don't need Nicole Hardman to run any sort of intricate route, you know, or like, or yards after the catch. Like we, we, we don't need you to do like a 20 yard run. If there's like, you're out in the flat, you know what I mean? Run your route. It's like throw them a five-yard slant and let Mother Nature do its thing after that, man. See if they can run you down, because I don't think they can. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of Randall Cobb's game. It's just his bread and butter. He's like dinking and dunking, man. So why, can't, why can't we dink and dunk with McCall Hardman? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's in the mind of, of McCall Hardman, but it's very interesting. Okay, so Reese, if you are saying Fountain and Kemp, what happens to Cornell Powell? 
Ooh, goodness, man. I don't even know. Have we really seen Cornell Powell in this game with six nope. and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter? He has zero targets. I don't think we've even seen him play yet. Dude, Which I don't. Is suspect, right? That's super sus. I don't know what the story is with Cornell Powell, particularly in the fact, that, like, I, I know he's a late round draft pick for us, so the fifth round. Yep. You know, it's like, what is, is, is he so bad that he can't get open and justify getting any looks? Maybe they're going to kind of keep him in their back pocket this year. You know, but, but if they keep in the back pocket, does that mean that are you saying back pocket as he's on the practice squad or he's in the back pocket because he's like the 53rd man on the roster? Um, Both. I just the fact to me is like I can't see them cutting a player they spent a draft pick on and traded up to get that draft pick for. And I mean, maybe it's just the fact that I haven't seen him play poorly. Yeah, but it's not like I've seen this dude with like brick hands or this dude who trips over his own feet or this dude with like four nine speed as a wide receiver right it's just an enigma to me the fact that we haven't seen cornell powell in the preseason at all how bad could he possibly be in training camp yeah i'm not sure whether it's you know something is happening in training camp that we aren't seeing and that people are not reporting because i mean we've been staying on to see like who are these on-ground reporters that are seeing reps by cornell powell and and to what we've seen and what they've reported there's nothing cataclysmic there right so it could be in the you know in in the classroom per se i know it's not the classroom but you know what i mean you know when they're breaking down film maybe there's something there that that we aren't seeing on the practice field uh but we'll see man but that would be strange right <laughs> you know fountain over powell uh, even kemp over powell even though kemp's been in the league for a little while um so we'll see what happens there another question mark reese how many tight ends do you think we will see on the 53-man roster? As a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes, let me tell you, you cannot have too many tight ends on a team. <laughs> Coming from a guy who once witnessed a golden age when Hawkinson, Fant, and Kittle were all on the same squad. Jeez. Yeah, let that sink in. I'm not saying we got Hawkinson, Fant, Kittle running our tight end cores right so now. That's crazy, though. But what is keeping us from keeping three tight ends on this team and running some serious three tight end sets? I'm talking Travis Kelsey, Fortson, and Noah Gray. Okay. You know, what's the big deal if we can't find a true number two wide receiver as long as we got a guy who can catch? But then what happens to Blake Bell, Reese? Man, I mean, well, do we... So Blake Bell was hanging around because he was such a great blocking tight end. Uh-huh. We've seen in the past when Travis Kelsey goes down for a game or for a quarter or something like that, the tight end that steps in is always a blocking tight end with bad hands. It's like, so what's the point of having Travis Kelsey's replacement with a different game than Travis Kelsey? What we have with Gray and Fortson are two guys that can really step into the Travis Kelsey role of, hey, I need you to be a slow, albeit giant-bodied, huge target in the middle of the field on third down. And that's what we have here. So I would say keep all three of those guys. If we have to send Bell to the practice squad or cut him, it's like, eh, sorry, but you know, this offensive line is playing lights out. Do we need another blocker? You know, I think in theory, I totally get what you're saying. Unfortunately, I think the Chiefs offensive coordinators and everyone that runs the Chiefs offense. I think they really enjoy Blake Bell and still think he is the best blocker on that team if not one of the best tight end blockers in the nfl is what i've heard about blake bell which then right is to the chagrin of a fortson or could be the chagrin of gray because like fortson today and i would dare say 
last week as well looks better than Noah Gray. Is that taboo to say? Uh, it's not taboo to say. I would say that it looks at least like he's getting more looks and more targets than Noah Gray. Yeah. Uh, which again, if this is a Noah kills in practice, Fortson kills in the game scenario, why can't they see the same with someone like Robinson and Pringle? But I digress. <laughs> My question to you being, if it came down to brass tacks and they mm. need to keep somebody on the team for the sake of blocking, could you see a scenario where we keep those three tight ends, but then it comes down to if we want to keep an extra blocker, do we keep Blake Bell or do we keep fullback Michael Burton? Again, in theory, you are correct, but I think the more likely scenario, just because of who I know the Chiefs prefer, it's going to be obviously Kelsey. It's going to be Noah Gray just because they invest a lot in him. And even though Fortunes looks better, Gray is going to be in there just because he's looked better in training camp, frankly. Blake Bell is going to stay just because of his blocking capability. And then I hope Michael Burton is going to is going to stay just because of his blocking ability as well. Uh, again, something I, I spoken with you kind of off the podcast is that Michael Burton was in so many plays with Alvin Kamara and he really helped fill in those holes. So I think the person that's going to get cut and has no reason to get cut. It's just, we're so deep. It's going to be Fortson. Uh, but my thing is we know what the ceiling is on Blake Bell. We don't know what the ceiling is yet on Fortson and Man, Fortson's like really good in the preseason. I know, and, really and this is and this is why I'm glad I'm not on the Chiefs. You know, cut you know cut assignment bliss because a lot of these guys are great, and a lot of these guys are probably going to go to a Patriots, go to you know a Buccaneers team. I mean, imagine Fortson going to the Bucks team and then scoring one on us somewhere else. Knock on wood, uh, but things like that could happen because we're just so deep right now. And to your point of like the ceiling versus what we need. I think Blake Bell is just what we need and we don't really care about the ceiling. We care about ceiling for people like Kelsey, like Hardman, like uh, like Tyreek Hill. But for someone like Blake Bell who has a specific role, I think they care about that more than what that person could be, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because you're right. The the ceiling for Fortson could be massive, absolutely massive. But a lot of tough questions and I'm glad we are not the persons that have to do it. We just are arm armchair quarterbacks literally on some great couches oh yeah i'm glad we're here and we're not in the office because reese we can just we can hang out and you know what else we can do what can we do hanging out we can review a beer <sighs> love it Speaking let's get to it ladies and gentlemen get ready for found city sports media first live beer review where two hosts are in the same room stay tuned favorite time of the podcast that's right it is this week in craft beer the segment where we usually sit down and talk about a story that happens this week in craft beer and then review a delicious craft beer for your viewing pleasure but only one of those things is going to happen this week and that is of course the beer review because we have something more important in craft beer going on this week than a story about what's going on in craft beer this week and i'm about to drop a giant Hot take on hot take Mondo here. Oh, wait, am I, do I know what you're about to say? You or know no? what I'm about to say here. You just didn't know that I was going to insert it here into the podcast. Okay, I'm ready. Go for it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys of all ages, I hope you watched last week's podcast, Found Fantasy. And I hope you took good notes on last week's podcast, Found Fantasy. Because I've heard some feedback saying, oh man, you know, that was good stuff, but it's nothing I already didn't know. Because, you know, I'm like the best fantasy football player in the world, referees. Well, guess what? It's time for you to put your yellow hanky where your spanky panky is because we are doing this this year. We are opening up an open challenge, Fountain City Sports Media versus the world in Fountain Fantasy 1. If you think you have what it takes to step up to the plate and take Fountain City Sports Media off the fantasy football perch, we challenge you. We will be sending out messages to our Patreon contributors, giving them first dibs to hop into this league. But if you want a chance, join in for a chance at glory for a chance to take down the two swamis who are cool as salamis well let me tell you what now you have it hot take mondo what do you have to say to these people so if you want to join this like reese said our patreon fans have been so loyal and so helpful to this podcast they will get first dibs we'll probably do a cap at a 12 team league so again first come first serve after the patreon subscribers so go ahead and shoot us a message on instagram if you'd like to be a part of this or if you know us personally you can text us and we'll put you on the list but again i don't know if you should do this because you're gonna lose yeah. Anyone listen to this podcast, you're going to you listen to our podcast last week and I was just I was going off the cuff like I, I I was in the zone like this was like this was 2000 2001 2002 Lakers championship what like the information I was spewing. So also which means maybe I shouldn't like give away any more hints, Reese, like yeah. about fountain. I mean, about fantasy football. Maybe I shouldn't give away all my all my tricks. Then if I have to like beat everyone that listens to this podcast, no more handouts. Are you kidding me? This ain't none of that government <laughs> cheese. If you want more fountain fantasy <laughs> tips, hot take Mondo will make an episode and put it on Patreon so you can subscribe to our Patreon <laughs> if you want just a little bit more of a nugget of an iota of a chance to hang. Why is, why is Joel just like killing this league? Oh yeah, what's going on? What's on, Joel? Drafting our entire draft. That's right, call, calling you out, my friend. But yeah, yeah check that, it that'll out. actually be pretty fun. Yeah, so we will set that up. We'll have to do that very quickly though, because the first pre I mean, the week one is happening in a couple of weeks. So once this drops, give us give us a message and we'll get it going. And good luck because you'll need it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, since we're spitting so much fire, I need to quell the dragon with a delicious beer here. So Armando, when we went into pairing, we decided to get a beer that both looked good to us. So what beer did we? connect on today today we will be drinking four noses brewing companies el jefe which is an imperial stout and looks like it's brewed with maple syrup vanilla coffee from the local roastery there um sweet bloom hmm. and i guess sweet bloom features also some cinnamon so there's a lot of stuff going on here four noses is in, is in broomfield colorado so broomfield is uh broomfield is kind of like uh, um, a suburb of Denver. Everything's a suburb of Everyone's Denver. A suburb I think of Kansas City is a suburb of Denver, technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah, Four Noses has some amazing beers, so I'm really excited. It was at uh, Reese's Liquor Store, which is called... The Pairing. The Pairing. Um, yeah, amazing beers. And ooh, Vikings are coming back. That looks weird. 24-28. We threw a pick six from the one-yard line. Oh, it's okay. okay. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, what will not suck is this beer. I'm excited to try it. So Reese and I are going to pour 
it into our individual glasses. One of us will start out each category, but we will both do a pairing, kind of like we did the last time, but this time we are live and I get to like look at Reese and like see how he's feeling about this beer. But it looks good. I'm really excited. Let's get started. Heck yeah. All right. Well, for those of you playing at home who have never joined us before, let me tell you, we do our beer reviews a little bit differently here. We have five categories that we judge this beer on on a scale of one to ten, which is aroma, appearance, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. And as I mentioned, after each one of those, we'll stop and give it a rating on one to ten, let you know what's up on that beer. And uh, yeah, Armando's making some faces while he's pouring this delicious beer out, so I cannot wait to get sniffing. We got two noses on the four noses this evening. Reese, right off the bat, just pouring it, it it's so thick. Oh yeah, man, it's, that's at least that's that's at least two, if not three, seats thick. Yeah, no, this is great. Okay, let's get started. Reese, why don't you go first? Tell us what the aroma is on this beer. Oh man, I mean, definitely a lot of chocolate note in there. Yep. Did they did they say cocoa nibs in there? Um, that was not on there. But dark chocolate. So is dark chocolate synonymous with cocoa nibs? Uh, I mean, yes, you know, uh, but I'm getting a lot of dark chocolate on there, cocoa nibs. It, it smells like a chocolate covered cherry. Do you remember those cherry cordials yeah. you used to get for like Christmas? Good call. Good call. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a whole bunch of that action in there. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever had those Brookside like a uh, berry acai? Oh, oh yep. yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting some of that chocolate. Yep. What about you? What you picking up there in your old factory nerves? <laughs> no, this is good. Uh, it features that maple syrup, and I definitely get some of that maple syrup. Less of the vanilla that it says that um, is prominent here. Way more of that chocolate, which I guess, you know, chocolate is not synonymous with maple syrup, but you definitely would put, just personal preference, I would put chocolate and maple syrup grouping together over like vanilla and cinnamon, I guess. So yeah, I get a lot of maple syrup. Um, some cinnamon as well. What else did I, I was thinking of something? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit of that cinnamon now as it opens up a little bit more. It wasn't kind of raisin almost. Too. Yeah, I was, yeah, chocolate covered raisin action is is kind of what, what's going on there. Like the remember the sun made chocolate covered raisins you used to be able to get Costco or yeah. Sam's Club, the giant tub. <laughs> I wasn't. Know? I was never really a chocolate raisin person, but I remember. Yeah, we used to like my mom would get packets of it at Costco. Yeah, I totally get it. But I wasn't really a chocolate raisin guy. Do you know what I, I smell too? And I know it's called El Jefe. And honestly, if I didn't know it, it had some like, you know, Hispanic overtone to it. It does smell like Mexican dark chocolate or like a Mexican hot chocolate. Yeah, man. I smell. So what is your rate? I'll give you mine. Uh, one last sniff. You know, that smells good. It smells sweet without being novelty sweet. I'm going to give that an, uh, it's an eight. Eight for aroma. What about it you? Did pretty close for me. I'll do nine point one. Ooh, love it. Because I don't think I've ever smelled a stout, and I've had like Mexican chocolate stouts before, but this <laughs> this is pretty close to that like Mexican cho- like hot chocolate flavor that I've that I've had on um, like my grandma has these packets, and it really reminds me of that. So yeah, nine point one is great. All right, then I will lead you into category number two, which is appearance. What does this dark boy look like? <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like a Guinness to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, dark beer Guinness synonymous is, is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really much I can say, honestly. Like, like yeah, it's it's dark. You can't see through it at all. By the way, Chiefs win officially 28-25. Um Kirk Cousins did not wear his mask. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, think I got COVID looking at Kirk Cousins through the TV. 
Mm. Um, so anyway, so not very translucent, uh, very dark, pretty good head retention on it. Yeah, looks pretty good. I mean, for the style, it should look like this. Nothing unique. So how about just a 8.5? Well, I got to put in here the fact that what's the ABV on this guy? Does it say? Uh, yes. One second. ABV is 8.4. Hello. Wow. For being an 8.4 and for having all those sweet notes in there, like you said, maple syrup, chocolate, cinnamon, vanilla, this beer, at least looking at it, is surprisingly not viscous. It's not very motor yeah, oily, which right. you usually expect in these big, sweet, dessert imperial stouts. I would say it's splashing around in my glass more like water. It's not leaving a whole bunch of lace on the glass either, you know, indicating it's got a whole bunch of strong saccharide chains. And, man, that head kind of left as soon as it came. Not saying it's unattractive, but it's very interesting, so I'm going to cautiously step into this appearance category with a 7.2. Only a 7? What's wrong with you, man? Who am I? 3, 2, 1. Kyle. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out, Kyle. Hope you're listening. Anyway. I miss you, Kyle. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I agree with you. The head retention actually does go away after a while. I, I, I retract my statement. Um, hopefully it tastes good, though. Why don't you give it a taste, Reese? We'll do it together. All right. 3, 2, 1. All right, who goes first? Uh, I got some stuff to say. <laughs> Bearing in with the fact this beer does not seem too viscous, it does not flavor-wise seem too viscous either. I know you're saying, well, Reese, flavor and not feeling viscous is more mouthfeel. Shut up, nerds. What I'm talking about here is the fact that this beer does not coat your mouth in sugar like you're drinking two Mountain Dews of Chuck E. Cheese. This beer is surprisingly easy going down with a lot of sweet flavors that you're not picking out a lot of individual things, but you're getting a nice harmony of the different notes all together, which is exactly what I want in my beer. So let me take one final sip before I make one final verdict. Let's hear it. Flavor-wise on this beer, I'm going to have to give that a nine. Oh, wow. Holy moly. Yeah. So for me on this beer, you definitely get a lighter taste than I would normally um, feel on an imperial stout, just kind of like kind of like what you were saying. And I guess that's more uh, mouthfeel than anything else. But there's so much flavor to it, even though it has a lighter mouthfeel that I I really really enjoy. I mean, the maple syrup is super prominent. The cinnamon is very good. Um, I get more of the vanilla on the tongue than I do when I did on the. Um, on the aroma, which I really enjoy. So definitely a lot more flavor on the tongue than on the nose. And there's a lot of nuance there that I wouldn't have wouldn't have caught on the nose. So how about... Uh, let me be a little different than you. How about an 8.7? 8.7. Okay, I'm rocking, I'm rolling. Now I gotta ask, does the can specifically say it's maple syrup or does it say maple? Let's see. I got the maple syrup from Untapped. Okay. The, uh, but yes, it says brewed with maple syrup. Well, the interesting thing on this is the fact that I think maple syrup is a very distinct characteristic of, of sweetness. It's, mm -hmm. it's very unique. But in this, I'm not necessarily getting like pancake action. I'm getting more of a... 
almost an oaky aftertaste to it, mm-hmm. which to me, I'm like, well, if it's brewed with maple, but not maple syrup, maybe that's why yeah, it's that so Yeah, that would change woozy. it. Yeah, it'd be more earthy, right? Mm-hmm. And and you could get the earthiness, though, from the coffee, like that it is brewed with this local roastery, Sweet Bloom in Bloomington. Oh, I just got that. Bloom Bloomington. Nice. Lol. Um, <laughs> because it is brewed with that, I wonder if that attributes to the earthiness that you feel. It very well might. It's a unique beer. I like that flavor. That is very drinkable. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to... What are we at? I come to you now with some mouthfeel action. Come to me. Oh. As we watch this Derek Gore's massive run. Was that play of the night? Derek Gore's a giant, like, 50-yard run? It could be. It could be. It actually didn't count as a run. It counted as a, as a pass. Let me see. what. Oh, it was a screen pass, wasn't it? Let's see. Let me see. 56-yarder. It's not bad, dude. He was he was Sheesh. dead for rights in the backfield. He made a man miss. Sheesh. The importance of tackling. And then our, our boy Shane Bouchel. 20 for 33, 231 yards, two touchdowns. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, okay, sorry. Going back to what are we doing? We're doing a beer review. <laughs> mouthfeel, yeah. So like I said in the beginning for the aftertaste, it's a very light mouthfeel and something that I wouldn't expect for an Imperial style, kind of like what Reese was saying. Like a, normally you would get something that's very viscous, something that's very heavy, but you don't feel that. And honestly, I really don't mind it. Like I actually really enjoy it because something that is so light, you wouldn't get all the flavor profiles that you would on this beer uh but but you do achieve it like i do get the coffee i do get the vanilla i get the maple syrup um i do get a lot of cinnamon too so it's actually really impressive i think for it to be so light on mouthfeel but still have all that flavor um so for its uniqueness how about an 8.9 all right i'm feeling that 8.9 so for me what makes this beer special is that with a lot of these big desserty imperial stouts the mouthfeel is too heavy it coats your mouth and it's just kind of like I could do maybe eight ounces of this and then just like tap out. I'm done drinking for the day. You also on the other end of the spectrum have kind of general milk stouts, which I've complained about before. It can get kind of watery, kind of yeah. seltzery, a little thin in the mouth. What do you call the beer that lands in between those two things? You call it El Jefe because, <laughs> man, this thing is so drinkable for having that much sweetness and flavor without being overbearing, teeth-coating, fuzzy-wuzziness. Man, I got to be honest. <laughs> mouthfeel on this for really nailing that, that's a 10. Whoa. I think they, I think they nailed mouthfeel for this what? style of beer. Is this your is this your first ten in mouthfeel? No, yeah, mouthfeel. Have you had other mouthfeel Ooh, tens? Very. I mean, you've eh. had like BDQ tens. You've had taste tens. I don't know if you've had mouthfeel tens though. That's a good question. We got to go back through the archives. We will. We will go back to our um, assistant here. Um, I was going to make up a name, but because we don't have an assistant, but if you want to donate on patreon.com, go ahead and give us a donation. We'll- <laughs> Do you guys want a delicious unpaid internship of being our assistant and going back and listening to like 18 months of a catalog worth of podcast beer reviews? What if what if we had like an intern like like Found City Sports Media Young Artist Program? Oh my goodness, yes. But you have to pay 35 bucks just for the chance to apply to us, and we're just going to tell you the fact that we're not going to hear you, but we're going to keep your money and like not only do you have to audition for reese in kansas city but you have to fly to me in colorado springs as well yeah those are your, those are your two options and uh <laughs> we have six hour windows on both days you don't show up i mean you know for those of you that aren't singers you probably won't get that joke for those of you that singers you will love that and also have trauma from what we just said yeah uh which sucks but 
let's talk about non-trauma things. Let's finish this off, Reese. What do we got? We have aftertaste. What is the aftertaste on this guy? Aftertaste is where the cinnamon comes out to play. You know, I mentioned I didn't really get it on the nose as much. A little bit towards the end once it opened up a little bit. I don't get a whole bunch in the flavor, but aftertaste, you get that oaky or mapley cinnamony taste. I like it. It's nice. A little bit of the hot bitterness comes through. A little bit of that dark chocolatey cocoa nib action coming out. Uh, it's not as good coming up as it is going down. Subsequently, a little bitter kind of contrasty to that front half. So ultimately, I'm probably going to give aftertaste on this only about an 8.1. Fair. No, no, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, let me give it one more sip and then I'll do my analysis. Yeah, on the aftertaste, I would say I lose the cinnamon, I lose the vanilla, I really, I really get the maple syrup, and and I think the maple syrup is just so prominent on this beer that you'll get it anywhere, right? You'll get it on the the smell, you get it on the taste, you get it on the aftertaste, you get it on the mouthfeel, you get it really anywhere, um, which is great. But I kind of agree with you on that that it's. Um, it's kind of overbearing and kind of a one-trick pony on the aftertaste. So how about a 7.6 on aftertaste? That's fair. See, we are equal opportunity beer graders here. You know, we know all that glitters is not gold. Sometimes it's rose gold or sterling silver. <laughs> yes, our, you know, our, um, what is it called? Our Mount Crushmore is a very sacred thing. And we don't just put anything on there, you know? Reese just gave... Uh, mouthfeel 10, but it doesn't mean this is going on Mount Crushmore. You know what I mean? So we, we've done many a beer review, but it qualifies. Only a few. It qualifies. A Why? Because of 110? 110 qualifies. Uh, what was the beer that didn't have a 10, but everything else was like low mid nines that we didn't put on Mount Crushmore? Sorry. Peter King was just on uh, KCHB and Reese met Peter King. Yeah. Peter King came to Boulevard and like, I completely no sold the fact it was Peter King. Like, like, I, he like, was, what up nerd? What do you want? <laughs> Tank seven. Dude, it was crazy. Like he didn't come in. <laughs> he had like a different pair of glasses and was wearing like the most general outfit ever to the point that I'm just like, until I swiped his credit card and said Peter King, I'm like, oh crap, you're Peter King. I mean, but very articulate, very polite <laughs> gentleman. I was very happy. One, to of, one of the greatest writers of all time. He's, he's an incredible guy. He's an incredible anyway, guy. Anyway, sorry. I just got distracted by that because I was like, hey, that's that's a guy resell. Okay, so that leads us into our last not so secret category. The uh, Peter King, the, the Peter King incognito quotient. Yeah, and in this case, it stands for best. Uh, hold on. In this case, best it stands disguise. for beat writers do quite well. BDQ, Big Stonks Drinkability right. Quotient. Armando, what is the BDQ on this beer? Okay, kind of a summary of what I've been saying. Like, yes, it's light in texture, but at the same time, a plethora of, of flavor. I think it's cool that uh, the pairing had four noses there. I mean, it's a not that it's a rare beer, but it, it's good to have like one of these offshoot Denver suburb cool breweries have a staple out here in Kansas City so glad you you get to have more they have really great beers um so i think the coolness factor there kind of beefs it up and the 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 flavor profile also beefs it up for me so bdq how about a 9.1 9.1 and a half 9.1.5 
9.1.5 or 9.15 oh man we get we got to contact noah metzger of the metzger metric system to <laughs> he, see just, if he that. just pops out of this closet over here <laughs> i've been listening the whole time and honestly pretty cool oh man shout out to noah friend of the podcast noah metzger and i said your name right noah oh uh, so for me what this is this is gonna be a high bdq i'm just gonna get that right off the bat right now it's gonna be a high bdq for the reasons you stated Full of flavor, very harmonious in flavor, not scuzzy in the mouth, lighter mouthfeel without being seltzery or watery. Those are all great things. But what this beer makes me want to do is seek out more Four Noses beers and try them out. See if they do their IPAs as well as they do their Imperial Stouts. See if they have a lager that makes me drink it like water. You know, I am very excited to see what other beers I can find from this company. And for that reason, I'm giving BDQ a 9.4. All right. Excellent. 9.4. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have done our first beer review together in person. It's been pretty fun. This whole podcast has been pretty fun, man. I'm a man. I'm I'm just like thinking of all the possibilities. I might have to fly out here every week. Yes. Speaking of which, if you want to donate to my Southwest uh, mileage <laughs> coming to Kansas City every week, you can donate on patreon.com slash FCSM. Yeah, Armando's Armando's made his way up. He's going for that double platinum, gold, silver, uh, <laughs> geo dude quality. It, my my dad actually does have the companion pass. What's the companion pass? There's so many different tiers to flying. So now. if you reach a certain point in Southwest, um, you can bring someone with you for a full year for free. Oh my gosh! So yeah, my parents very very generous people, very great people. They they've tried to come to like almost all my performances that I've done in several places, try to see my sister, my brother. We all live in different places, so they've been taking advantage of that companion pass. But yeah, it's pretty wild. A full year, a free free person you can bring with you anywhere you want. That's incredible. So like you could even bring like a fake service animal, like a peacock or, you know, a cat. You're like, this counts as my this counts as my service fee. Yeah, man. I have rights. <laughs> so does my cat. So does my cat dog. Oh no, peacock's showing its feathers. <laughs> Watch out, bro. <laughs> can I get a water, no ice? <laughs> <laughs> uh the peacock wants you to leave the can. <laughs> peacock wants to know, is this recyclable? We need the Found City Sports Media Peacock. <laughs> If you want to donate a peacock, just go ahead and go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think I think we've had enough fun today. Reese, what what are you doing for us the week and start of the weekend? Uh, rest of the weekend, I think I'm gonna kind of lay low. I'm gonna make some dank memes for this week out of the Ooh, podcast to get it up and running. Uh, goodness gracious, if the weather finally breaks and gives oh, us the so day below 97 degrees. Good lord, it's so hot. I want to go biking tomorrow, man. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Are you biking out here in the north or oh, where? Yeah. They, got some, they got some good bike trails up here. Really? Cool. Yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, do you also disc golf up here or do you go somewhere else? Uh, most of the good disc golfing occurs from about Gladstone on south in the metro. Oh, that's far. Although, shout out to Bad Rock in Liberty. That's a good that's a good 18 hole course i do okay. the plan up there so sweet what about you what you got going on the rest of this weekend once you get home dry i mean i'm doing a full day driving to colorado springs tomorrow and then just spending time with my wife man i haven't seen her in a couple months so yeah it's gonna be a great time and then i i teach with her at and at the school that she teaches at so mm-hmm. and we'll see a lot of each other and we'll have a great time and see my dog man it'll be nice to see, see little pup as well how old's nelly now uh five yeah, five and a half now. Now she's about five. So, yeah, it'll be great to hang out with them. And what am I going to do when I get there? Probably, 
probably go to the dog bar. I really love the dog bar right there in Kansas City. Go to or can't yikes. You've been Three, to the dog two, bar in Kansas City. Dog yet. bar in Colorado Springs. I have been to Bar K. You've been to Bar K. Okay, yeah. right. We're good. We're good. Honestly, actually, like the first time or like the last time that I was here, I had learned about Bar K, and then we went out there. But yeah, I missed like two years in Bar K. Bar K is a pretty serious bar. No pun intended. They got some great beers on tap, which is what I use to judge a bar. So <laughs> they got some great beers on tap that make me bark. Yeah. Woof, woof, two wolves. They also have a great deal on growlers. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's end it there. Let's end it there. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to do more. Peace. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Fountain City Sports Media.